we do some crazy orders some weeks like they're insane and i think oh gosh i don't keep wiping this credit card every week <laughs> or several times a week to be able to put more on it other times you'll go through this period where it won't be like that but if we educate our patient on what they need you'll find there'll be a stability though that mm-hmm. you'll find you'll you'll be selling your coq10 you'll be selling their probiotic and before long and that patient becomes accustomed to your environment they're comfortable with you they trust you They'll find it easier just to come into your clinic, grab everything they need, then start shopping around for it. Welcome to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, practitioner-to-practitioner conversations to inspire, mentor, and learn from. Stuart Houghton is a humble, patient-centric practitioner. I would even say a master of motivation and storytelling. While many practitioners are concerned about not having enough patience or growth in their practice, Stuart can't understand why all practitioners are not busy. His sole practitioner clinic is in Miranda in southern Sydney and as a naturopath, herbalist, kinesiologist and remedial sports massage therapist, he's got a lot to offer his patients. Stuart's main driver is to be able to improve people's lives and health every day. And I found while talking to Stuart that he also has a lot to offer other healthcare practitioners. Just as a word of warning, this is a very rich conversation. The main reason that I wanted to talk to you was uh, one of our sales managers, area sales managers, mentioned we're talking about this issue where practitioners are finding sometimes there's problems with patient retention, people leaving before their care is finished, uh, people buying their products somewhere else. And I remember your comment of, I can't understand why all naturopaths are not busy, all practitioners are not busy. So that made me have a little look at a little bit more of what you do and how you do things. And uh, one of the things that strikes me is this amazing passion that you have for the industry, for helping people and, and supporting people through their care. So I wanted to come down and talk to you to see if we can get some tips and pointers that other practitioners can take on, on uh, things they can incorporate into their clinic, ways that they can do things a little bit better and hear from uh, the master of motivation of keeping people in, keeping people uh, in track. You, you really have to love what you do, don't you? Yeah. Every day I come to work and I get excited. Every day I get a, an email in my email box saying, thank you. You know, on um, a couple of weeks ago, we were closed for a renovation and um, we get a knock on the door and we open the door thinking it's someone wanting to pick a product up. And it was a patient who just dropped in because she wanted to tell me that she's better. Her life is better. She gets out of bed in the mornings and she's well. You know, I've always say my job's to get rid of my patients, not to keep them. (laughs) Um, because I want them to be independent. I want them to enjoy their life, but know when something does go wrong, there are options out there that can support them. We don't own our patients. They're individuals. And our job is to educate them on making better lifestyle decisions. We need to learn to do that. We need to learn how to let go of our patients. If we don't give it away, we're not going to receive it back. And we need to learn to share our information. We need to learn to empower the industry and grow the industry yeah. you know um, I don't understand why people aren't busy there's such a high call for integrative health care out there yeah. you know when you go to your doctor with irritable bowel syndrome that's the tag you're left with you have IBS mm. there you go walk out my door why are you here 
But when we look at it, we look at it from a different approach. We look at it, what's driving this for this individual? What's, what's happening in their life? Is it stress? Is it um, a dietary related? You know, have they been away and got an infection? Mm. No, what is happening for that individual person? And we need to address that. You know, it's yeah. not clear cut health, but that's no. what we do best. We take time, we sit down with our patient, we talk to our patient every day, we ask them how they are. And we don't just ask them, you know, how are your bowels today? You know, we ask them, how are the kids? How's your family? What's your environment like at the moment? And before you know it, they'll start telling you everything. This morning, a fellow came in to me and he was telling me that um, about his sleep. And I'd said to him uh, a couple of months ago, I said, there's something driving this. Why aren't you sleeping? And he brought that comment up and he said to me, well, Stuart, there is something wrong. He goes, I've got a problem with gambling. And he said, I've never told anyone that. But he wow. said, I've been gambling for years and years and years. And he said, I've gone through everything I have. And he said, last week, I lost my job. Oh, that's so sad, isn't it? The first person he told was me. And while you should be telling a family member or someone first, mm-hmm. he needed clarity on that situation. He felt trust. He felt that, okay, we can do something about this. You know, maybe I can't give him his, fix his gambling directly. But the first step was for him to admit to it. Mm-hmm. And now, because of connection to other people within the industry, I can refer him on to other people yeah. who can help deal with this situation and start addressing it. But you know what? It might not have been a supplement that fixed his sleep. No. It may not have been a, you know, a, a, a typical issue of him trying to work harder. It was an issue that he was hiding. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact he's told someone, I have no idea what effect that's going to have on him. Yeah. But that relief that man got, the mm-hmm. look on his face this morning, was just, he walked out of here looking like he was at peace. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? That's what we do so well. That's it. If we allow it to happen, though. If we allow it, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, we have to be prepared to run late. Mm. We have to prepare to go that extra mile and not get paid for it. And we have to remember in an industry, and we are a service industry, remember, we don't always get a reward back. No. You know, we don't always get what we think we deserve. But we have to learn to accept that and move forward with it and stay true to what we believe in. And eventually it comes. What do you mean when you say we don't always get what we... I think when we we tend to believe um, we give someone a supplement or we advise a patient, you know, you need to um, take this, take this, and you feel better. Now come back to me. Buy my products each time to keep your digestion feeling great. Buy buy your probiotic. Buy your CoQ10. It's not always... They might go out. You might educate that patient so well that they will start to be able to research the products well enough, understand their health, and start taking control of it. And before you know it, you seem six months down the track, and they've said, yes, I've been buying my curcutin, yes, I've been doing it, but not from you, mm. from someone else. And I think we tend to have an expectation that we should always be the one 
who is providing them with that. We told you about that. Mm. You sell it to me, not the chiropractor down the road or the other practitioner down the road. But isn't that a great news? Mm. Isn't that positive? You know, isn't that wonderful that that person has actually continued to take your advice? Yeah. Continue on the product that you, you've advised them to take? And if you think that's wrong, well, at the end of the day, there's something that's been missed. They've missed something. It might have been that you didn't intend them to be on that product for six months. You intended them to be on that product for two months. Yeah. But did you make that clear? Did you communicate that across to the patient? You know, we don't always get the reward that we think we deserve, but sometimes that's on us. All right, I see what you're saying with that. So you're, um, do you have a process where you, an education system, a process that your patients work through with you, um, stories that you tell them, understandings that they get of particular products or treatment lines or... Um, time with you the program that they're on do you have anything that, that um, in the way of the product directly or because yeah. they're all separate aspects yeah. we could be looking at the product we could be looking at the time we'd expect treatment to run for and yeah. management of that i think health is always ongoing so i don't think we have any expected time the patient asked me today you know how long do you think it would take for these neurological symptoms to improve and i said i don't have any answer for you on that because i don't know She's come with some major issues. Yeah. All I can do is we can we can literally give it our best bloody shot. Yeah. And hit it. And that's all she needs to know is someone's trying. But when it comes down to a let's say a product, a patient buys your CoQ10 from you. Um and you give them the CoQ10 and they walk out the door with a CoQ10 and they think, okay, I've got my CoQ10 because it's going to help with my hypertension or my cardiovascular symptoms, my energy. And they, next thing you know, they come back and you're saying, how are you going on your CoQ10? And they say, oh yeah, I'm going great. Okay, great. I'll give you some more to take. Keep going with it. Oh no, no, I've gone and purchased some more. In that scenario, you probably think, oh, crap. You know, I've just got this CoQ10, I've got them onto something, and they've gone off and done that. And you know what? For a lot of prackies, it's a combination of aspects of stress, financial as well, that can drive that, that almost resentment or frustration that you get. But then you've got to look at it and say, okay, what CoQ10 have you purchased? And you look at it and you think, okay, well, mine's better than that. But do they know that? Mm. And do they know why? If we look at... Um, the Vesisorb base in CoQ10 versus a standard oil base. You know, we know with the Vesisorb, we're getting 624% higher bioavailability mm -hmm. to that product than we would from another one. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. And they'll go, oh, no, I did not know that. Did you also know that for you to get that, to have a benefit from it, you need to get that at really above four micrograms per gram? Per milligram, mm. per mil, sorry, um, plasma concentration, they'll sort of go, oh no, well, did you know the Vesisor can get that to seven in four hours? So then they go, oh, hang on, oh, so I'm getting better benefit from that. Why am I taking this one? Mm. And these are important factors. We need to educate our patients these days. We, they need knowledge. They need to know that you know your stuff as well. Yeah. And they, they can also 
take those that data and go home with it, knowing that why are they spending that money with you? It's because you're giving them the best. Mm-hmm. That's important. So do you do you have you you've got a receptionist? Are they trained in yes. that as well? They go to seminars. Okay. They come. We we take them to all our seminars. They pay. You know, we pay for their seminars. You know, I make sure that they're there. Yeah. They need the education. You know, we this is this is they're the front line. Mm-hmm. It needs to be friendly, and that's another thing. A patient needs to feel comfortable walking back into your clinic. Yeah. You know, my biggest problem is that those girls will talk and talk and talk. Out the front, the receptionist, yeah. And that's fantastic because what they do is they communicate to that patient. That patient feels welcome. They feel excited. Mm. You know, they walk in and those girls know them by name Mm -hmm. as soon as they walk in. You know, they say hello to them. Oh, we'll put this aside for you. Do you need anything else today? Etc. That's what we need to do. Mm. We need to make sure that they feel welcome when they walk in the door. Yeah. And if people ring up and ask them a question, they need to be able to answer it. Yeah. This is important parts of educating our patients, but also our team. Do you have team meetings, we team do. trainings? Hundred percent. Yeah. Every single month, okay. we sit down and we talk. But we also talk on a daily basis. We yeah. talk at lunchtime. Yeah. You know. I just had a conversation today with with Jess about her weekend. How was your weekend? What did you do? The, the environment is also very important. Mm-hmm. It also reflects how you're going to treat the patient. You know, you can't bullshit mm. at the end of the day because the patients will see right through it. You adapt to the environment. Yeah. But they come in as a separate eyes and they see just like you're looking at them as an individual separate person, you know, from the outside they're looking at you from the outside yeah and people see that mm. they see jealousy and envy and stuff of things and you know if people come into me and they tell me they've brought their CoQ10 from their Cairo I'm excited about it I'm grateful because they've continued on the the, the, the road that I wanted them on as long as it's the same Being, one you're prescribing is that what you yes, mean yeah. yes because yeah. normally they will yeah. Because they know why that product's more important. Okay. You know, it, this is what's important is that we explain to them why we take that product or that brand. Mm. You know, it's the same thing with curcumin. You know, we take BCM95, we've got a 700% increase bioavailability. Yeah. How important is that? Yeah. You know, we need to communicate those stats across. Mm. You know, if. If you're in your practice and you don't understand the difference between products, you have a problem. I'd agree with that. And you mm. need to start sitting down and really researching them and reading about them. Did you know that we've got the technical data sheets? Yes. Yep. We so use them all those. the time. Okay, good. And this is what's important. That tech data provides you with the information about the product mm-hmm. to be able to prescribe it. Yep. You know? You need. You might pick something up. You know, you're 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 never too old to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you really are. Yeah. It's how the industry has changed in five years. Yeah, there's a huge difference already. You know, we look at how much product is available, even over the counter. You know, versus to where it was. You know, five years ago, 
there's a big difference there. Mm. You know? I used to find those tech data sheets really useful to read through. And then that would give me wording or, you know, scripts or spiels that I could actually repeat to my patients. 100%. Yeah. And we've, just, we've got the product videos as well that are on online, which are also really useful. Uh, yes. Mm. And this is, this is what it's about. We need to keep educating ourselves on these products. Yeah. You know, you want someone to come back and buy something from you. You want them to know all about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you also need to know all about it yourself. Do you tell your patients why it's different, something else you're going to prescribe, or what, what something else that's out there, a cheaper version? Fish oils is a good example. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We will we'll definitely have the fish oil conversation. What's, what's the fish oil conversation? Oh, the fish oil conversation. <laughs> the fish oil conversation is about the heavy metal contamination okay. levels. Yeah. Um, we also look at oxidation yeah. as well. We, we need to discuss those factors. We need to discuss that they're actually getting a pure fish oil mm. for them. Um, you also want them to get a result. When you're looking at a product, also look at the product of where you're sourcing it from. Question your reps. Mm. Ask about real-time stability testing. Yeah. You know, know how long that product really is good on the shelf. How long did it take them to develop that product? You know, sometimes a product can be whipped together in a few weeks. Yeah. And it's on the shelf. How do you know that those active constituents within that product are stable together? Yeah. How do you know that that product from the time of manufacture to its expiry date really is still working. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting actually you bring that up because a, there are certain ingredients that actually don't work well together. So you can put them, they, they're all good separate, but then you put them into a combination together and whether through redox reactions or something, yes. they just, are, they're not stable. So you can get nine months into a product and one of those ingredients can be down at, at you know, not therapeutic levels they can be you know really quite deteriorated degraded and you don't know if you're not doing that real-time stability testing before release 100 percent. and this is the problem too because if you look at a lot of products that are available out there they're manufactured not they're not manufactured in-house they're outsourced yeah and that's also concerning because how do you know what that manufacturer is telling you is a hundred percent the truth And that's a concern. You need to make sure that the product that you're consuming and that you're prescribing to your patient is really what it says it is. Yeah. You know, we always know that we have classic clinical experience and clinical data, really, that we've, yeah. we've seen firsthand we get results with that product. We know that. Mm. But also... You don't want to give that to a patient and not get a result. I guarantee you everyone out there who is listening to this today has at some point prescribed a product and the patient's come back and said, it's done nothing for me. I 100%. Everyone would have had that. And it doesn't matter. And there's two factors involved here. A, it was incorrectly prescribed. Mm-hmm. It's very common to do and very easily done because if your questioning isn't correct or the patient isn't honest with you... Mm you may not get a result. And B, what's in that product may not really be in that product. Mm. Mm. You know? I have a really hard time trusting probiotics that are kept on the shelf. Yep. A really hard time. Because I see a shelf-stable probiotic and I think to myself, okay, so that's gone to the chemist or the health food store or the supermarket 
but it hasn't required refrigeration to get there. If anyone's, you know, moved house before on their own or been in the back of a truck, they know how <laughs> hot those trucks get. Yeah. They're boiling in there. Mm. You know, and it doesn't even have to be a hot day in those tin trucks. Imagine if you, that product is sitting in an unrefrigerated mm. vehicle. Not delivered till 5pm. Not delivered till 5pm. Mm. Or the truck's running late. Yeah. Keeps it on the truck overnight, goes back to the dock, puts it there and goes back the next day. Mm what's happening to that product yeah you know we we need to take these factors into consideration and we really need to wake up and educate our patient on that the Mm. probiotics are probably the most common thing i have people come in that have purchased outside of the clinic okay and but prior to you so prior to prior, definitely prior to the prescription um but a great one on friday i had one and a patient rang up and said that she would like more of our probiotics. And she's been away and she purchased um, a probiotic over the counter. And she rang up and she said, can you send me more probiotics? And this is a service we do. We, we post a lot of stock out. Okay. Um, but as we said to her, you know, you'll have to come and pick that up from us. We're not going to post unless we can ship it cold. Because it's a Friday. It's a Friday too. Okay, yeah. I said, the fact is, you know, we need to do that. She's like, yeah, that's fine. But what's so significant about that is she realised there was a difference between the products. And when mm-hmm. Rachel questioned her on it on the desk, said, oh, why are you, what have you been using? And she said, oh, I changed probiotics. But, oh, it doesn't agree with my stomach. Wow. So it's interesting for a lady who has had bowel issues for years and years and years made the comment that since she'd been using our probiotic, she hadn't had a problem in 10, mm. like in all that time, in that 10 years of yeah. issues, she hadn't a problem in 10 months. Yeah. That's a huge difference. And then she was motivated to come back and buy again. Again. Yeah. I had a practitioner, so I've just come off the seminar run, I had a practitioner come up and we've been talking about probiotics in the seminar run. And she was telling me about uh, some family member of hers who had colitis they treated it, it was all going really well, and then they picked up probiotics somewhere else. Mm. And the colitis came back. So, you know, it all cleared, everything was great. As soon as they went into this other strain of probiotics that wasn't obviously right for them, wasn't indicated for them, and some probiotics can actually be pro-inflammatory. Exactly right. So, yeah, so, you know, this, that, all that work was undone. Now they have to start all over again and uh, get the get the bowels back again. So it was as soon as they started on that probiotic. And this is what's so significant is when you talk to your patient about a probiotic, talk to them about strain-specific mm. formulas. You know, you need to look at what LGG does. You know, explain LGG to that patient. Mm. You know, explain to them the differences in the, in the forms. Look at the heel strain. Look at different ones and tell them what they do. Mm. Because then they'll also know what to look for as well. I don't care as much if the patient walks out Mm. and buys something over the counter. I care on their ability to select that probiotic Mm. because how they select that probiotic is based on, is really a reflection of me on my ability to educate them. Mm. You know, it's like telling your children, you know, that you know when they get older, they're gonna start drinking. Yeah. Guaranteed, they're gonna go off and have some drinks. But if you teach them the responsibility of alcohol, mm-hmm. then they're more likely to make those informed decisions. Yep. 
it's the same thing here. How we select our products, how we look for things is all based on how we've been educated. Yeah. And if I don't have a patient that's educated, then there's something wrong with me. So what I'm, what I'm here at the moment, what I'm understanding is that in your consultation, you you know, go through the whole process with your patient and then when you're prescribing your product you explain key ingredients or key components in each product 100%. okay and then if they go away and um, you have a process where you can post out to them so they continue to get their prescription from you 100% yes okay and I'll come back to that one in a minute and then if they've disappeared for a little bit and they come back to you and they've bought a product somewhere else for some reason if it's the same product that you've been prescribing and they've just got it somewhere else, you're okay with that. Do yeah. you do anything to convert them through to coming back and continuing to buy again or starting to buy from you again, or are you just happy with where it's at it there? It depends on the quality of the product that they're, they're, they're purchasing. If, if, if it's the same as what you prescribed and so they're just getting it somewhere else, is that... That's fine. That's all right with you? Because why yeah. would you want to go to a practitioner and then be lectured to? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like being criticised. So what you're doing then, you're giving them the best you can and then, as you said, they're humans and they make their own decisions. Um, and if that's what they've made, then that's the decision that you respect. Yes. Yeah, great. I tell them it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I tell them it's great. Yeah. Because they need to know that they've done the right thing. Yeah. They could have not been taking the product at all. Which is a worse situation. And Our job they, is to help people. If they buy something somewhere else that's not... Um, not what you prescribe or is a lesser quality or um, you know, not as ideal for them, then what's your next step? Education. Again, okay. If the but product, you don't lecture them? <laughs> no, education. No. I'll tell them, finish your, how are you feeling on it? I'll question them. Yeah. If they come back and tell me they're feeling really great, Yeah. I'm not going to take them off it. Okay. I'm like, fantastic, if you want to keep going with that, mm -hmm. good. You know, if you're getting the result, that's all I care about. And I make that clear. Yeah. Because they need the result. Mm -hmm. They need to be better. They need to look after themselves. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, sort of saying, you know, to a child, you know, clean your room. So they put all their toys away, but they leave their bed unmade. Yeah. So you go in there and you start yelling at them because their bed's unmade. Well, hang on. Great job. You put your toys away. Hey, how about the bed? Mm. Let's fix the bed up patient comes in and says to you great so I've been taking my curcumin I'm keeping my inflammation under control but I've, I've been grabbing this one yeah and you look at it and you go oh crap that's not 700% higher bioavailability <laughs> you have to start looking at that and say to them hey okay cool how have you been feeling and nearly every time they go oh yeah my, my hands are still aching so the curcumin's not working that well well you go perfect Yours isn't as bioavailable as the one that I can yeah. give you. Do you want to go back on the stronger one first? Do you want to go back on the pracky one or the script one yeah. first? Terminology is important. Yeah. yeah. You need to educate them that there's a difference between what is available over the counter yeah. and what you can prescribe. I liked your, I liked your terminology. You said, do you want to get back on the practitioner one? Do you want to get yes. back on the stronger one? Yes. Yeah, because then they go, oh, well, I haven't got one. I haven't got the right one. You know? Yeah. Let's... let's um, for example, um, you know, I had a patient who moved to um, overseas for six months on student exchange. She had ulcerative colitis. We were using um, glucogenics. 
yep. in that patient. And it, it worked beautifully. It really was in, incredible results. And, you know, she went overseas and she was using another product that she could get. Mm-hmm. It was not as good, but she was trying to do the best she could. Yeah. Well, she sent us emails saying, is there any way you can get this product over here? And you know what we did? We got it sent over there for her. Now, that's a 21-year-old exchange, like a student in a university, who wanted to be on something that she felt better on. She knew the difference. Mm. The interesting thing is, Angela, is that I have patients that come from all over the place. I have patients that come interstate every day. Yeah. I have patients from New Zealand multiple times a week, you know. We are constantly seeing people from all different locations. We get a lot of practitioner referral as well. So people will send patients in to me, say, I don't know what to do with this person anymore. Can you get them on track? You know, and then what I'll do is I'll go over that patient and I'll send them back. I don't expect that patient to keep buying a product from me. Mm-hmm. I expect that patient to look after their health. Yeah. And that pracky, you know, will then take over that case, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what's important is that we need to understand that it doesn't matter where they buy the product from mm-hmm. as long as they're getting the product that's correctly prescribed for them. Correct. You know, we, yeah. this isn't about um, selling more and more product. Because I think what I need to bring up is that if you're, you know, when I set my clinic up, I never ever set it up based on product sale. Hmm. That is number one rule. Because if you're basing your income on how many products you can sell, and this is might be a sore point for a lot of people, because you could go through a month of amazing product sales and you'll notice this boom in profit, And then you might go through this decreased sale as well. But if your living expenses, if your clinical expenses, if are all based on how much product you can sell, you're going to end up in a very dangerous situation long term Mm. because you're going to start becoming orientated around how much product you turn over. And that becomes detrimental to the patient Mm. because you start to create a negative situation where you're like oh you're not buying it from me what we need to do is ensure that we're looking after the patient that we're getting them on the right track and we prescribe the product the patient needs yeah you know the need is definitely a big difference to a want Mm. you know we might want to sell a lot of product but you know what when you start to build that rapport with your patients before you know it your books start to grow yeah because and your you, intention's right. Because your intention's yeah. right. And you're, you start to sell more and more product. Yeah. You know, we, we're, you know, we do some crazy orders some weeks. Like, they're insane. And I think, oh, my gosh, I don't keep wiping this credit card every week <laughs> or several times a week to be able to put more on it. And, um, but it's other times you'll go through this period where it won't be like that. But if we educate our patient on what they need, you'll find there'll be a stability with that. Mm-hmm. You'll find you'll, you'll be selling your CoQ10, you'll be selling their probiotic, and before long, and that patient becomes accustomed to your environment, they're comfortable with you, they trust you, mm-hmm. they'll find it easier just to come into your clinic, grab everything they need, 
then start shopping around for it. Right. Yep. I like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, so you were saying before that when you, you do your shipping out, so that you said coming mm. into your clinic, but you also mean the shipping out, you encourage yes, you yes, include yes. that. So how, how does the payment work for that? Do they do you have a credit card that you hold and that you every two months you send them what they need or how does it work? Okay, they call up. We encourage mm-hmm. our patients to call up. Mm-hmm. So I'll step back one step here. Mm. Um, when I set up a consultation, when I put something together, I advise the patient when I want to see them next. Yep. It might be four weeks follow-up. It might be six weeks. It might be eight weeks. It might be three months. And that will be dependent on how long I want them to follow a diet, how long I want them to follow their nutraceutical supplementation, etc. So what I'll do is every product I have is labelled. Okay. It is labelled with their name. Yeah. It's labelled with their, their dosage. It's labelled with the number of repeats. Okay. That they've got on there. And it's got our phone number on the bottom of it. So they can call us when they run out and go, oh, hang on, I need to take another three of those mm. bottles of that or another two of those. Yep. So you'll see with the probiotics we'll put so many repeats. Yeah. We will always ensure that we still see a patient. If you call it a regular basis, I'll make sure that if they're healthy and they're well, I'll see them every six months. Yep. Because I don't need to see them. Um, and I'll supply them with what they need. That might be a probiotic and some magnesium. Yep. Might be really simple. Yep. Um, and then what they do is they call us. We don't try to push it, but they normally call, we send out. We will ship out, uh, normally I'll post between 50 to 60 parcels per week. Okay, wow. Out of the clinic. Um, Christmas time, it's nuts. Yeah. We always sort of set our patients up to, It's we're about to enter in another month. Beginning of November, we start to tell patients, now if you need anything for Christmas, let us know, because we like all our orders to be sorted by the beginning of December. Yeah. Because we need to order that stock in. Yeah. And we need to ship it out. Do you, do it, you take holidays at that time? Yes, I do. Three weeks. Okay, good. Get three weeks off. You close the clinic for close three weeks? Close it completely. Reset. I tell that to everyone. Mm-hmm. I say, hey, I've got to get away from you all. <laughs> I need a break. You're killing me. <laughs> so it's, it's always about prepping them. What do you need? Do you need your probiotics? How many will you need for that period? You know? And they're normally excited about it. It's important. Um, we do that. It really is. Mm. Um, if that sort of answers your question, the other option is online ordering systems. Everyone okay. has an online ordering system these days now. Yeah. And you can utilise those as well. So, you know, for a lot of patients, particularly if they're all one brand, um, and we use every brand here, we've got everything... But if they're on a particular brand, it is fantastic. Yeah. Because they can just go on there, you can write up their script, they can go and order it at their leisure, and it's sorted. And I always give people that option as well. And that's a good option to have. If people, you finding that people aren't coming back to you for the CoQ10, you can always say to them, look, if you want, I can set you up an online ordering system, Mm -hmm. and it might be easier for you to get it that way. Okay. There are so many ways around it. Yeah. Yeah. What about moving, digressing a little bit from the product side of things yes. to the patient? Do you have much of an issue where patients are 
um, finishing up with you of, of their own volition before their treatment time, if you like, before their goals are met? Do you have uh, an issue with patient retention? Oh, no, not really. Okay. That's really You, you answer that like it's a strange thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is actually because I, I'm trying to think of someone. I'm really trying to think of someone. And that's so really hard. Not someone I haven't actually sent away, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I just... There are patients that I have to send on for further testing and onto the right source. Mm-hmm. That might be psychology, that might be onto their, their, their mainstream GP or their specialist. Um, and there'll be a lot of people that will come into me and I'll say, okay, I want you to see this specialist and I'll get them to go back to their doctor, get a referral to that specialist. And I'll also write the specialist a letter saying why. Um, and that might be when I suspect something nasty, you know, or there's a condition going on. I suspect PCOS. I suspect cancer. I suspect bowel issues. You know, I suspect cardiovascular issues. Um, I'll so you don't ever use the word you have? No. No. Definitely not. I'm not I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I can't diagnose. You might know very well as a practitioner what might be going on, but hey, that's their job. That's why it's so great to be able to pass the buck sometimes. Mm. You go, hey, find out what it is, come back to me and then find and then we go from there. Yeah. And when you build a great rapport with with other um practitioners and healthcare practitioners whether it's a doctor another naturopath a chiro whoever a psychologist you'll find that you'll find the person who needs that person mm-hmm. and that's what it's really about i don't think we've ever had someone just stop um you haven't had someone come for an initial consultation not come back for follow-up if i do very rarely okay very rarely. Yeah. Normally they walk out and they start booking the appointment before I have a chance to try to tell them when. Yeah. It's interesting being here in the clinic, in, in you know, here with you mm. talking. The clinic is very quiet. It's very peaceful. It feels really safe. Your energy is very calm, direct and confident. I think that probably makes a big difference. Yeah, you know, I, if people are scatty and there's noise going around and, and you're trying to consult but you're also thinking about a million other things... But you're very present. And I wonder if that makes a difference. I think you have to be... You have to know what you're doing, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Not to be, you know, blunt, but you do. Mm-hmm. You have to believe. You know, we're, we're always going to be... We have to be honest with our patient, you know. And if someone comes into me and says, you know, I've got this symptom, that symptom, that symptom, and you're like, oh, I don't know what on earth that is, I say that to them. Mm-hmm. I'm very blunt about it. Say, so, well, I'm not sure what it is, but let's try to figure it out. What have you done? What testing have you gone through? Mm-hmm. You know, when my patients come in, I take their blood pressure. I listen to their heart. I, I listen to their lungs. You know, I, I, if I have to check nerves, I'll check nerves. If I'll check their, uh, you know, I'll look down their throat and check for any issues. You know, I had a great example of a girl who kept coming into me uh, this is um, only June, July, and she kept complaining of always having a feeling in her throat that was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And when we looked down and she doctor said, no, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And I looked around, got her to move her tongue to each side, and just below, I said, have you had your wisdom teeth removed? She goes, oh, yeah, years ago. Well, it turned out when I, just with the tongue depressor, and we just moved her tongue just to the side, 
where she had her wisdom teeth removed, one of the gums hadn't healed correctly. Ah. And it was all inflamed and infected. Mm. So she kept complaining about this and going on antibiotics, etc., again and again and again. And it turned out that she had an infection mm. in mm. her wisdom teeth, or where her wisdom tooth socket would have yeah. been. Um, she, we ended up sort of sending her back to the doctor because I stopped the consultation right there. Mm. And I said, great, all right, I'm going to get you to go off. And normally when those type of things happen, I won't charge. Okay. I actually just say, look, you know what? I'm not going to go back, get this sorted, then come back to me and we'll do another consultation. But you need to be on antibiotics in this case and you need yeah. to get that cleaned up. Well, she had to have surgery. She had to see an oral surgeon. Mm-hmm. She had to clean the whole infected area out. She had to be on antibiotics for six weeks, mm-hmm. just sorted. Then she came back, another consultation. We put on the probiotics, we sorted her gut out, and she was just so ecstatic. She said, I've been living with this for so long. Mm. She was thrilled. Yeah. And there she is trying to fight me to pay for both consultations. <laughs> you know? And from her, you know, this is only a girl in her 20s, all her uni friends yeah. rang up and booked in. These are students. And they've got to pay a naturopathic fee, which is not cheap. Going and coming in going... Oh, I've got terrible thrush. Another one came in and she was complaining of terrible depression with a menstrual cycle. Mm. You know, it's it, it it's so exciting. Yeah. And they're things that you're in a prime spot to be able to fix so simply, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we start to grow what we do. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. Your clinic name, Body Belief Therapies, wearing right there on your chest. Yes. Where does the name Body Belief Therapies come from? Um, well, when I actually came up with the name, um, the body, I think always in, in, like for me really meant health and meant wellness. Yeah. Belief went, we've got to believe in ourselves and therapies covered everything. Mm-hmm. I've had such an interest in so many different modalities and healthcare that I wanted to cover that. It's really about believing in what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, believing in healthcare, believing in the body. I even selected the colour. I used orange because my understanding of orange was it could mean a new beginning. Interesting, okay. So what does that mean for a person? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, the movement of the uh, symbol moving forward is moving forward. Yeah. You know, with the person there going... Forward. Forward in their life. I'll have to put your... uh, I'll have to put your symbol on the podcast so people can actually see yes. what it looks like yeah no, that's great i just was wondering because you you've got this as i said this sort of energy about you where you, you seem to be very concerned about people's connections how we communicate society how we all fit together and a lot of the things you were talking about yeah. as i said we're living in one of the most incredible times we could yeah. and we have the ability to really join our industry together yeah. With so many different other healthcare modalities, yeah. yet it seems to be that there's so much internal bickering and that going on at the moment. And every practitioner—I'm not saying every practitioner—but there seems to be this notion that everyone is just fighting each other. I'm in a position where I've got eleven other naturopaths all within walking distance of me, yet I have a booking rate of six months ahead for mm. an initial consultation. Yeah, wow. You know? 
I see between 80 to 100 people a week in the clinic, depending on the length of consultation they're booked in for. So what are, you, what are your consultation lengths is the first thing that my brain says. So um, initial consultation will be roughly around an hour. Yep. Um, a follow-up consultation will be around half an hour, okay. depending. Um, the day's lengths can change. People can book longer. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, if someone comes in for half an hour yeah. and they're in that chair and they break down crying, which happens often, they're not leaving. No. And I'm certainly not going to charge them more mm-hmm. because they've taken up more time. Yeah. This is where we really need to be ethical mm. with our decisions, mm. you know, um, with how we, we book our patients. I'm back here late at night, Yeah. you know. I can be here till 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night some nights wow. with patients. Okay. I can get here at 6 a.m. in the morning. Because you know? you're saying you do, you do quite different days because you obviously I mean, you look absolutely vibrantly healthy. So how you, you look to me like you balance very much your day. Hearing the, the people on the other end listening at the moment will probably go 6 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night doesn't sound balanced. But you do in yeah. the middle of the day. What do you yeah. do? What do you I, do? From 12 o'clock. Okay, so my goal is to finish at 12. Yep. In the, uh, so you do 6 time. to 12. 6 to 12 normally yeah. or 7 to 12 depending on it. Yeah. I then, and I also have a snack at about 10 o'clock. Yep. I, from 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock I have off. Okay. But in that time I will respond to emails where I can. Mm-hmm. I will call back and normally I spend a lot of time on the phone yep. or ringing doctors or following those up. Um, and then I go, to, I have lunch. Yep. And I go to the gym okay. and I train for an hour yep. and I get all that anger and frustration <laughs> and how pissed off I get with people and screw ups out of my system. And I come back and I've got even more energy in the afternoon yep. and then I go from there Okay. and then I flow through. How many days a week are you doing that? Uh, five. Five days a week? Okay. Yeah, five days a week. I used to do Saturdays as well, yep. but now I no longer work. Okay. So I basically phase that days out now. How long have you been practicing? Total? As, as, as total yeah. in the health, in the industry? Yeah. But, um, before naturopathy? Uh, yeah, okay. So both so, both questions, really. Okay. Yeah. So um, I started in 2005. Yeah. And naturopathy, I started in uh, 2012. And yeah, I think it was about our bookings by, really by about three months by memory, um, were booked about at least a week ahead. Okay. So by then, by year, we were roughly around five weeks for first consultation. Within, within six, one year, five weeks. One year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because so many practitioners you hear, you know, in the initial days of starting up from scratch, you know, they're waiting, they get excited when there's three appointments in a week. It's like, yeah. whoa. I know. And yeah. it is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to know that, hey, I've, and I used to look at it, and I must admit, I'd look at it and go, oh, good, I paid my rent this week. Yeah. You know? Haven't I, paid me, but I paid my rent. Yeah, I paid my rent. <laughs> and that's that's how I, I, I did start. But then I started to look at that. But that was just a side bonus to me. Yeah. That wasn't really my driver. Yeah. You know, my driver was, is that person better? Yeah. And I think this is the difference. It's a transition between length of time that you consult with someone. In your initial days... You can give someone three hours if you want. Yeah. You know, and then, but you need to start to stick to a plan yeah. and say, okay, so we're booking you in for half an hour or an hour. How do you fit eight, six to 800 people in a week? 
like as in physically, how do you fit them in? You've got two rooms. Do you yes. use two rooms? We do. We jump. I can jump between okay. both rooms sometimes. Right. Um, <clears throat> but normally, um, in that, people will really you, it, exhausting wise and energy wise. I think you should look after yourself. Mm. You eat well. Yeah. You know, if you eat well, you'll be fine. Mm. If you exercise well, you'll be fine. If you communicate family well you'll be fine mm. you need to keep that balance yeah. you know i take the weekends off yeah you know the weekends i i relax i spend time with the family i go to the beach if it's good weather i'll go for a surf i will get my my life together so there's no clinic time on weekends no no good okay no i cut that off yeah because otherwise your whole life becomes clinic yeah you know mm. And, and that's what, that, that 12 to 4 o'clock period, you can listen to podcasts in your car. Mm. You can be time of, efficient, really. Um, educate yourself constantly. Look at the information coming through. I go to seminars. Mm. I do roughly around, I think it's 70 um, points a year. Okay, CPD points. Yeah. Yep. And I think, like, if we look at, say, ATMS, they have... 20 yeah is it okay 20 is it yeah okay is there a requirement yeah so it's something you have to constantly do i book holidays i book trips away with um family and friends Mm -hmm. you know that's really important yeah you know i go out on the weekend you know i'll go to a nice restaurant you know i catch up thursday nights i'll normally try to finish earlier yeah and i always organize a dinner um for the other half and mates and you know, yeah. it's really important. Yeah. It really, is. Really it sounds like it's very well coordinated. It has to be. Yeah. You have to be organised. Yeah. You have to know where everything belongs. <laughs> you know? So, yes, it is a very organised clinic, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, great. That makes your life easier. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you need to know where everything is, if, if everything has its place, you have to, you know, I'm actually not really a tidy person. I'm actually a very really? messy person. Really? This is person. so tidy. I know, but I'm actually a messy person. <laughs> okay. um, I could sit there with a desk with stuff everywhere. Mm. But I have to remember that a patient's walking into that. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it's not just about, at the end of the day, while I don't see what I do as a business, I have to learn to treat it like that. Yes. That's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, we're ordering. Those following days, dispensary's being filled. And then we... We go from there. And we can then tell patients, okay, if we're out of stock, this will be in on this date. Mm. And that's what we make sure happens. Okay. Um, very, very important. Okay. You know, I can turn around half the time and when it comes to and look at the shelf, and we do sometimes have to do orders through the week yeah. suddenly because we'll suddenly look at the shelf and I'll go out there and say, that was full this morning. We have 10 units of, you know, super mushroom gone. It turns out people have rung up because they've all got the flu yeah yeah particularly when there's epidemics of things going yes. around or... and you'll turn around and go where's that going oh we just had this run on super mushroom yeah you know it's all about ways making sure that things work for you in the clinic you have to have policies and procedures we have a whole book of policy and procedure oh, on how you handle everything oh, i'd love to have a quick look at that before i leave yeah. That'd be great. Because you've got to be able to yeah. go through it. We have a communication book. Mm. We have notes for me. We have patient orders. We have all of that. It's how 
It has to work that way. Our emails are all sorted into subfolders. We need to know what's coming in, going out. We've got a folder for our accountant. We've got a, a folder for patient inquiries. We've got a folder for. Are you naturally patient. like that, or does someone advise you and say No, set I, that up? I did that myself. Okay. I made the decision to do that because yeah. I needed an easier way. You know, I go off and, you know, with clinic, and people can promote themselves in a lot of ways. You know, um, I'd go around and do a lot of talks, gyms and places like that. Mm. And um, and when I talk about advertising, I never did that to advertise. I actually never took business cards. Okay. I never, ever took business cards because I always had the philosophy. If someone was serious mm. wanting to follow me, they would find me. Yeah. So I'd wanted to change the approach because there's nothing worse sometimes than being shoved something in your face. Mm. I remember I'd start doing talks and I did a talk at a gym and we had, I think it was about seven, 18 people um, turn up and I spoke about integrative healthcare and, and what kinesiology was and what, and next thing I know, every single one of those person that's there asked me for my details. So I just wrote it down on a piece of paper and gave it to them. Mm. Every single person came in. Yeah. Then I got asked to do another talk a few months later and I did another talk. Um, and I said, let's do one on the gut. Let's talk one about digestion and bowel health. And the gym said, oh, no, no one wants to hear about that. I said, well, that's what I want to talk about. So if you want me there, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I did the talk. Anyway, we put, they advertised it. They put a sign up. They had 70 people, 70 people RSVP for it. They had a maximum of 70 they could fit into that area. Yeah. They had over a hundred people turn up. Wow. They had to turn people away and I had to go back a following week later and do another talk. Version two. Version two. Wow. And those people, when they found out, wanted to come again. Mm. I never took business cards. Yeah. I just, people just followed me. And you know, even last year, that was years and years ago, that that talk, Mm. I had someone come last year from that talk who I had still had not seen. So but it just you, took them that long to get motivated to come in or to make the change. Sat, it planted a seed. Yeah. It sat there. Mm. Because when you educate the public, because I went out there to educate, not mm. to promote myself. Yeah. I wanted to educate people. That's what we need to do as practitioners. Educate, educate, educate. If we educate, then we learn ourselves. Mm-hmm. They learn society starts to change. A Praki asked me last year if I would go into her clinic and give her some advice. She had a consultation. She had uh, two consultations that day. And that was an average day for her. But it was very interesting. She told the patient what they had to do. Mm. You know? And I thought, well, if it was me being told, and we had this conversation earlier, about how, you know, I'm not allowed to go out and have a a, a gluten-filled meal when I go out to a restaurant. I'm not allowed to do this. You start to control. And I asked her about this patient. I said, how long have you been seeing that person for? She goes, well, that's her first visit. So I said, on her first visit, you have changed her whole diet. You have changed what soap she can use on her skin. You've been very thorough, Mm. but maybe you've killed her with kindness. (laughs) Because you've told her and you've criticised basically her entire existence. People don't want to hear that. They don't want to know. They already know they're doing something wrong. They're already feeling like crap. Mm. They don't need to know 
they're doing everything, everything wrong. No. You know, let's get one thing right. Yeah. Let's go with breakfast. Mm. So I said, next time someone comes in with a poor diet, they need to lose weight. You know, they got psoriasis. Just try to change their breakfast. Just do that. Mm. You know what? It changed everything for her. Wow. Because the person wasn't scared. The next person who came in, she did that with. She said, okay, I'm going to try this. Yep. She had to hold herself back and she said, I jumped ahead and I did do their snacks as well. Like, yeah, cool. But that person came back to her and said, okay, so I've done that. I've done that. And they said, oh, my stomach's feeling so much better. I'm feeling so much better by lunchtime. But in the afternoon, I'm getting really tired and getting headaches. And she said, oh, then I just told them, now let's start addressing their, their lunch. And it became easy because mm. you did it step by step by step. Yeah. You change how that person feels, they feel better. I guarantee you might not be changing everything they need to to help their skin straight away, but that changing mindset is going to change how they feel about themselves. It's going to change their immune response. It's going to change the outcome of their skin. Yeah, very true. We talk about that um, at Best Practice. We do the one-day training. I don't know if you've been to that. No, I haven't, no. So we talk about not overwhelming your patient, breaking things down into chunks. And I was having a conversation with someone last night after, after dinner at the seminar we're talking about authenticity and he was you know sort of having a bit of a thing around authenticity at the moment um he's a, he's a really great, great practitioner and he was saying that he was listening to something recently where um, it was a person who's not a naturopath a person who's a very big in media out there and he you know knows that he needs to look after his health he knows he needs to go to the gym and he says you know it's it's really it's really hard for me. You know, you, you gym guys, you live in the gym all the time, you work out all the time, you, 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 you eat a healthy diet. That's really easy for you to make those changes. For me, that is really hard for me to get regular exercise, to get to the gym. I can run a million dollar business. That's easy for me. But making the health changes is not easy for me. So he's talking about that thing about, you know, being where the patient is at and making those small changes that you need so to come to step by step to make it easy for them without just that absolute overwhelm of, of just, you know, I have to change everything at first. And there's no way people can stick, which is why I think people don't come back to practitioners. I agree. I think that's one of the I biggest reasons number is one the reason. overwhelm. I, I, would, I would put money on it would be the number one reason mm. because you make it unachievable. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody likes to fail. No. No, it's like going off and, you know, you trying to get someone to run before they walk, as they say. Mm. You can't do it. We, we, we're, we're, it upsets me because those practitioners who, who do do that, and we're all guilty of it in some way. Mm. And unfortunately, I think they promote that a lot in college because they want you to know address everything because you're learning and I'm not criticizing a college environment but they're trying to make sure that you know all your information so when they assess it they assess them on making sure they address every aspect it's not realistic for the real world you know and that's the problem we have so we're training sometimes people up to change I remember being a student being told now address diet address the stress address you know what soap they're using in their you know, their wash, you know, and I would sit back and go, all right, well, I'm just telling this person everything they're doing wrong. Yeah. It's, why don't, why don't I just, you know, get a hammer out and whack my head with it? As you said, you know? they're, they're not feeling good themselves already. They know they're doing something wrong and they just, sometimes they just need a bit of guidance. They do. 
They do. And I, I think that's what we need to do. We need to just build them up. They don't need more criticism. Mm. They already go to the doctor and get told, you've got heart disease, you've got high cholesterol, take this drug, off you go. Mm. Unfortunately, come here, just take these supplements, change all your lifestyle, or else you're never going to get better. Is horrific. Mm. Change their breakfast. Put them on a bit of magnesium. Up their energy. You just stick someone a bit of magnesium and CoQ10 and they're fatigued and you don't even address their diet yet because you know when they come in, there's no way that person has the energy to change their diet. Mm. You're going to make a difference. And you tell them that. You plan that with them. You say, okay, we're going to start there. Patient, I've got a lot of recent stories, but last week a patient said to me, <laughs> you do have a lot oh, of you're, she goes, oh, you're going to make me, you're changing my whole lifestyle, aren't you? And I said, when did you figure that out? She goes, because you've just changed my dinner now too. And I realized the last two visits, you changed my breakfast, then you changed my lunch. I said, well, how are you feeling? She goes, well, not complaining that I've lost 17 kilos. <laughs> I really what she said. And I went, she goes, I came to you and I told you I didn't want to change everything. I said, I know. I said, but I'm manipulating you very slowly, but surely we're going to get where we need to get to. I said, is your energy better? Yes, my energy's better. You feel better. Yeah, I feel better. Does she want to continue? Yes. She said, it's fine. But it's that uh, larrikin-like effect you start to get from the patient when they realise what you've done for them. Yeah. Step by step. Mm. So it's yeah. a good way to, to go, isn't it? Step 100%. by step. So you've got systems in place for making sure that you're educating so the patients understand the products, understand why they need to come back to you, why they need particular ingredients in certain products and 100%. quality side of things. And you've got an amazing, I think it just comes to you naturally, ability to be able to relate to people, to tell stories, to um, engage your patients so that they're not overwhelmed, they feel safe, confident in your care, which is very important. And I think the big word is trust as well. 100%. Yeah. Good system. It's it's a whole. Mm. We're holistic practitioners. Which I think uh, a lot of practitioners, if they take notes from you today, they're definitely standing on your giant shoulders. Words of advice. Do you have any particular advice that you live by, any advice for people listening with regards to patient product retention, to the relationships that you build? I think it starts with the practitioner. Don't, don't judge yourself on the outcomes of others, but on what you do day to day. Don't compare yourself. You know, I don't care about what someone says about me. I really don't care if... You know, someone comes into me and says, I went and saw this person and I got a better result. You know, that's exciting. I ring that practitioner, I say, what have you done? Grow. Don't get hindered by your ability to, to do better. You know, um, it's very, very important. You know, you're, you're allowed to do well in your job. You really are, you know, you really are. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Good words of advice. But um, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. You know, there's a lot going on at the moment in the industry and I think we need to stay true at what we do. Thank you for listening to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast. Find us on iTunes and leave a review. 
join our Practitioner-Only Medigenics Facebook group to be informed of new podcast releases, keep up to date with key industry updates and more. Visit medigenics.com.au to find useful links and resources relating to this podcast and sign up to our e-newsletter.